So many people feel that they need to live up to someone else's standards or that their home needs to reflect the latest trends in the market. That is simply not the case. In my opinion, the best designed homes reflect the homeowner's nuances, quirks, passions, and differences. In order to make your space unique to your personality, budget, and family dynamic, you must allow yourself the complete freedom to feel secure about the space in which you are living. Hello, beautiful people. I'm Gina B, and this is the Stories We Tell in Bars podcast. Our opening shot today is from my favorite designer from Trading Spaces, Vern Yip, from a recent interview with MarketplaceEvents.com, and today we're here to talk about home renovations. But before we dive into all things home, let's say hello to DJ Lee Farmer, who's running our soundboard. I'd also like to say hey to Jen, my trusty co-host. Hey, Jen here. Gina and I are welcoming a very special guest today. And it's not Fletch. This is Yay! our first real actual guest who didn't drive me here. Um, <laughs> our, our guest today is a good friend. She is an author who you should be reading. And most important for our topic today, she just finished a four-year-long home renovation. Stacey Bayless, say hello. Hello. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. I'm excited. I'm very excited to mostly be done with this home renovation, but I'm happy to talk about it. Awesome. 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 Tell me uh, what it was like living in a home under renovation for four years. Because uh, no one it was dusty. Stamped. It was really, it was dusty. And um, when you wake up in the morning, you have to check in the hallway to make sure there's not contractors there before you scamper out to do your morning toilette. Did a, did a contractor ever see you in your underpants? Did, was there ever an incident? There was, there was a very close incident. Um, when at one point we were sleeping in the, in the basement cause they were working on the upstairs levels and, um, I, I was in bed, but the covers weren't really covering me so oh, much Jesus, and I heard footsteps in the hallway and I was just awake enough to go, uh, perhaps I should get up and close the bedroom door. <laughs> yeah. So luckily it was dark in the room and I don't think anything was seen, but there, there were a couple of close calls sort of coming out of showers and coming out of bathrooms. But why don't you give people the, the history of, of your house and how it all went down? Because I, I we're going to have to put up pictures because it is just the most stunning thing I have ever seen. And it was your dream for what, like 20 years? Literally? Thank you. Yeah, it was, it was a dream for more than 20 years. So I moved into the building as a renter in 1993. And the day I moved in, I said to my landlord, you have to promise me that someday you will sell me this building because I have to live here forever. And he shook my hand. And then 19 years later, I called him and I said, you know, I'm now a middle-aged person and I would like <laughs> some security. So you have to sell me this building, uh, which luckily he did. And the whole time I lived in it as a renter, the dream was to convert it to single family. It's a, it's a Logan Square Greystone. It was designed to look like a single family from the outside, even though it had originally been a three flat, so that it would fit into the other sort of Logan Square architecture. And it had always just been that fantasy of make the building everything it kind of could have been since 1907 when it was built. What spoke to you about the place? How did you know, like when you moved in here, you're like, oh, well, I want this to be my great gardens. I want to come out of here feet first. Um, it, it just was a very special building. It's very Chicago and I'm a fifth generation Chicago girl and it's one of those classic gray stones. It's got the turret in the front and it, you know, I'm someone who loves antiques and the building is an antique and it's a piece of art. It's a, it's a wonderful, uh, architectural example. It's got, it still has so many of the original details. There's curved glass, the original curved glass windows in the turret. It's got a lot of the original built-ins, original floors, woodwork. 
And all of that just kind of hits me where I live. I just love uh, preserving that sort of thing. And so it had always just been the fantasy to really make it everything it could be. And luckily for me, my husband Bill is also very much into that kind of restoration and preservation. And he also likes, you know, the patina of things. Um, and so when we really, when we finally bought the building, we were able to look at it and say, um, number one, we didn't want to be landlords. Right. Um, and, you know, dealing with tenants, even though we had great tenants, it's still a lot and it's a lot of work. And frankly... Oh. Interrupt yourself and tell the story of the, the, the not the fruit flies. Oh God! So so this is the this is the perfect example, right? We had great tenants. They paid on time. They were very lovely, sweet kids. Um, and one day I'm sitting at home and I'm noticing that there's like little bugs and they're not, they look like tiny little flies, but they're not fruit flies. I know what a fruit fly looks like. I live in Chicago and I couldn't figure out what they were. And there were like a few of them, but they were sort of dive bombing me while I was eating my salad. Yes. And then I went out into the hallway. Oh God, one of them probably ended up in your salad. It's probably oh. true. A little extra protein. Oh. Oh. Okay. Uh, so I went out into the hallway and there were some like in the hallway like on the wall and the stairs and i'm going well there's obviously they're not food related because they're out in places and there were enough of them a couple days in a row that i just said i gotta call the orkin man and i've been in this building for 20 years i've never had to call an exterminator ever not mice nothing <clears throat> nothing ever wow you're lucky so i called the exterminator he comes over he says yeah, they're fungus gnats. <laughs> and I call up to the third floor tenants to say, hey, the exterminator's here. Have you seen any of these little flies? Because if you have, we need to send him up into your apartment. And the response I got was a text message from a very earnest young man who says, oh, my bad. I think it's my fault. I've been composting inside in the kitchen <laughs> and i brought some fallen leaves in from the front yard and maybe that's what happened and i'm thinking okay first of all you're composting inside the house <laughs> which is by itself like not a good idea and second of all you're bringing in natural material from outside yeah now we have a four floor infestation <laughs> of fungus gnats Ugh. which you are going to be paying for and so anytime anybody says, oh my God, but, but you had tenants and they were paying your mortgage. And I said, yeah, but they were also <laughs> doing really dumb stuff in the building that I love. Bringing vermin. We like, we like it alone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? The house is beautiful. Thank you. And I love the modern elements that you've brought into the traditional. Like there's an elevator, which is very cool. <laughs> Thank you. I'm always you. excited about that. Well, the because kitchen is you were so smart about it because you're like, well, this is going to be our retirement plan. It's big enough that when our friends get old, we can all live here. There's enough room for a caretaker to live here. We can all get up and down in the elevator. I mean, you just, how did you know how to make such smart decisions? Um, well, there's a couple things. Number one, I'm really lucky in that I come from a real estate family. My dad's a real estate developer. My mom and my sister are both brokers. So I've been around sort of the business of real estate and the building of homes my entire life. And the things that you learn about that are things like think infrastructure first. Uh, what you want is you want a building that will last. You want systems that work. It's not sexy. It's not fun. We all like to talk about accent wall colors and beautiful finishes and picking out faucets. But the bottom line is a pretty faucet doesn't matter if your plumbing is crap. Yeah. So, you know, the... I knew that I had to start with this building from the inside out. And then the second most important thing is function. 
And you have to think about, you know, I love that opening shot, right? Vern Yip is talking about it's not what's trendy and it's not what your neighbors are doing. How does your home function? There's all these people that are putting these super high-end gourmet luxury kitchens in that don't get used because right. they're not people that cook. That is a waste of money. Um, by the same token, if you cook a lot, just because Carrera marble is a beautiful marble and everybody's showing white marble countertops, those are really hard to maintain. And if you care about things like staining and chipping mm. and that kind of stuff, if you seriously cook, that's not a good smart choice for you. So for us, it was very much about how do we want to live? How does our home need to function? And what does the house need to last another hundred years? That's where we started. We didn't start at all with what it was going to look like or what the furniture was going to do. Well, I think what's so interesting is just how many thoughtful things there are in the house. Like when it was all done and you were showing me around the way your master is, it's big. I mean, it's really mm -hmm. big. It yeah. goes around a corner and for your husband to get out in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom, he would have to go all the way around the bed and through the sitting area. And, and so you just built a, you built a cubby hole, and I thought it would be a cubby hole a with the secret. urinal, but it's not. It's, <laughs> it's a hidden bookcase that he can open so he can just go down the hallway. Like It's a secret little door. It's very that's cool. some James Bond it's, shit. It's terrible, but we really do call it the secret peepee door. Like, well, so, what would else would you call it? Well, you know, we, just, we did. We just looked at it, and we went, we knew that he was going to need an escape hatch on that side of the bed so that he could get out, you know, because it's an old building, it's a historic building, there was no such thing as an ensuite bath. Yeah. And there wasn't, a, you know, the, what it would have taken to create plumbing to have that ensuite connected bathroom was just egregious. So we knew we had to work with the existing plumbing where it was, and then you have to figure out back to that functionality, okay, if this is gonna be our bedroom and the bathroom is down the hall, how do you make that as functional as possible? And what we realized was that we needed a second method of egress in and out of that bedroom so that the person that sleeps on that side of the bed, which is Bill, could get to the bathroom in a rational amount of time, <laughs> considering that we do intend to be very old people in this yeah. building. Yeah, getting to the bathroom is going to be very key when you reach a certain age. You um, know what? At my age, it's already, it's already important. I would love to go an entire night without... I was gonna say without going to the bathroom, without having to get up to go to the bathroom. There's a, we haven't had incidents, just 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 so you know. Anyway, um, before we get too far along, let let's say hello to all of our listeners um, in the various ways that they find us. Thank you to everybody who's been downloading us, whether it's iTunes or Stitcher or Google Play or SoundCloud or Podbean or iHeartRadio. I don't know what else we have. Um, and if you're new to the show, welcome. Okay, so, you know, we've got so deep into the topic, we forgot to discuss what we're all drinking, but I think today none of us are having liquor, are we, right now? Mm-mm. Yeah. Um, I, know, <laughs> I know that the thought of home improvement skeeves me out, because I'm thinking <laughs> about renovating the basement, um, but Stacy, since you're the guest, why don't you give the toast so we can all raise our water glasses? All I'm right. having diet iced tea. Oh, well, diet iced tea. Exactly. Uh, I, I would like to make a toast very seriously to my contractors, because if you're gonna go into a four-year renovation, uh, you need a really, really good team. And we were very blessed to have a couple of guys managing this project who took care of our house like it was their house. And they've become family, and we adore them. And as much as we're really glad not to be seeing them on sure. a day-to-day -day basis, I'm, I'm toasting to them. We could not have done the house without them. Oh, that's very nice. That is so Cheers. nice. Cheers. You don't really hear that very often, because most people are like, those damn contractors. Oh, yeah. Like, you, you know? want to put 
put a contract out on their head. But I saw um, for the holidays and when the whole project was over, you got them all Letterman jackets with the house on it. The, the, <laughs> how did you? How do you even find these things? Well, I we had that moment where we realized if. You know, we sent our house to college, essentially. The renovation <laughs> took four years, and we kind of thought, if you do anything for four years, you should graduate. And we knew that we wanted to do some kind of a extra gift to, to thank the guys for their work and to mark the end of this project that's been such a huge part of all of our lives. And I just went, Letterman jackets. They're, to- they're totally fun. And, and so we, we did some custom Letterman that, jackets for the guys. That is the coolest thing. And oh, anyway, since Gina brought it up, Stacy, who, who was your favorite designer on Trading Spaces? Was, was it Hildy? Uh, no. <laughs> First of all, anytime a bitch glues feathers to a wall, she is on my list forever. <laughs> that is the nastiest thing I can possibly imagine. She is the opposite of function and form and everything else no um i liked Vern a lot i think he was probably my favorite and i thought and i i like john vf gorder yeah i thought she was pretty cool yeah. um but i you didn't watch that show for the good designers no. you no. watched that show for hildy the tragedies it, you, right. you watched that show for the woman sobbing off camera <laughs> when she hated her room i miss that show so much i'm I so glad it's coming well, back the one, the one Woman where they changed her fireplace and they it was like a, this terrible brick and chrome Wasn't or no brick Doug? and I don't know I don't remember who it was it was probably a Doug was, and Hildy pissed off because they, they were produced the off. most tears they did always. but they made it they made the fireplace beautiful and the lady had to leave to cry and because I'm a bad person with a black heart I was mad at her and I was shouting at her well yeah well you know. All right. Well, when we come back for the bench portion of the show, we can talk more about our inspirations for innovation, which you know means more HGTV. It's Jen, and we are back. And this is the Stories We Tell in Bars podcast. We're welcoming you back to the binge portion of our show, where we're going to talk home renovations and HGTV with our special guest, Stacey Bayless. But first, I have to hit you with a few statistics. Because who would you be without fun facts? See, exactly. You know. Um, <laughs> you you are not going to believe this. According to the 2017 House and Home Survey, millennials who renovated their homes spent an average of 26 $6,200 in 2016 on home upgrades, but the boomers are the winners. They continue to outspend millennials nearly three times as much. Overall, um, homeowners who renovated last year spent an average of $60,400. What are they spending it on, though? Well, according to the survey, survey mostly um, kitchens, bathrooms, and exteriors, and that actually makes me think, uh, on my way down here, I, I listen to a lot of comedy stuff, and there was a comedian talking about how HGTV is is spurring more um, terrorists than anything, what? because ISIS watches HGTV, and they see these homeowners say, I only have $50,000 to renovate my bathroom, and then like then they sign up. They sign up because they hate us, because we're spending $50,000 to renovate a bathroom. Listen, I don't make the rules. Okay. I mean, I, I wish you could see It was a comedian. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't okay, like okay. a, a well, political that, commentator. I'm, I'm glad. Okay, that makes, I, that makes it me It made happy. me laugh. I was like, is this real? Okay. No. So. <laughs> but it, it's probably not not real. Oh, well, okay. I mean, yeah. 
I can see where people are incensed that there is $50,000 being spent on a bathroom if they don't have any money. You know what I mean? Like, people who have nothing are like, bitch, well, you spent 50000 on the, the bathroom. The comedian, you know, referenced the dirt farmer in Pakistan. Um, you know. Yeah. Well, you so, know, I, I, I see where it would be. Okay. That could be inspiring. Um, but this is why home <laughs> renovation shows are so popular. So, Stacey, what's your fave? What's your fave HGTV show? That's a, that's a tough one. I am still uh, an original Love It or List It girl back when they were in Canada. Uh, um, uh, the the newer versions I don't love as much. I, I miss the original team with with Desta. And, um, but there was something about Love It or List It where you just went, they always made the wrong decision. The people that should have loved it always said, now nah, we're out of here. The people that really should have listed it, like the poor guy who, who had cancer. The and they, house oh, gave him cancer. And, and they found all the asbestos the in the walls. They're like, no, we're going to love it. I'm like, your house is literally killing you. Get it out. Was. Get out of the house. Weren't the three of us on on um, email that night? We were. I think, I think we're so. all watching I, at the I same time. Recall. I remember yeah, this. Like, we're both so. like we're all like get out of the house. I remember this. Very and I do. Clearly. I have to say, I I find Chip and Joanna Gaines utterly charming. They are so cute. You're I, kidding. Uh uh-uh, uh. I love I'm them. Cute. Oh my god. I don't. I can't watch. Them. I don't love necessarily like what they do. Like there's. I, I, I always say to Bill, like mine. it's not my flavor. Yeah. But I think for what that style is while it isn't my style I think they do a good job and I just I do I like the fact that they they see the good and so they can go into a house and ignore the stuff that's been done to it that is unattractive that's and and see the good bones and that they always I always feel like they definitely improve the property. I don't, I don't have an issue with their aesthetic or their skills. I have an issue with like the hokey put upon, oh no, now what are we going to do? I hate that. I hate that. Just show me the shit. Like I, you don't need to build a narrative arc into it. Just, just show me the interesting shit that I can do to my house. I don't need, I, I don't need to be part of your, your marriage counseling experience. Did you see the one where Chip actually ate a cockroach? Oh, that was so gross. There wasn't a I'm like, Why? I would never kiss because he found one. And he said, I'm going to eat it. Because he's 12 years old. And it was like the size of like the half half of your hand. It was disgusting. It was so super. It was, ugh. I haven't gotten over that. <laughs> that's the thing I think whenever I look at that show. Yes, yeah, that's, that's not making me like want to tune in again. I mean, no. the only time I would ever see it is if I'd be at the gym, like on the elliptical and I had my music on and I needed something visual because I, I'm not a fan of the elliptical. And I just even with just in captions, they annoy me. <laughs> well, who do you like, Jen? Have you put to pull yourself I, away from Housewives? You know Mom what? I I don't <laughs> like any of the couples. I don't like any don't? of the couples that do house stuff. <gasps> no, but I find them all super, super, super annoying. You know who I really like, and I said this before, I always like the original Flipper Flop with Tarek and Christina. Oh, I hate them. See, I love them. I and hate them. I was like heartbroken when they broke up. Oh my gosh. Even though Wasn't I think banging sh- prostitutes or something. Yeah. I, well, then well, you know what? Then don't, don't do know. that. Yeah. Well, first of all, I don't see. I don't like the flipping shows because the flipping shows are all about like contractor grade stuff that looks good for 10 minutes that isn't high quality it's so the that they can maximize everything you've done. It's a hundred percent the opposite of everything that I've done, everything that I believe in, everything that, that you should do as, you know, as a home builder. Like it just, 
it just bothers me so much. I cannot watch the flipping shows. Well, you know, it's interesting. Home flipping shows have actually become more popular than home decor shows with spinoffs of flip or flop, and they've inspired a lot. Um, I loved the original home flipping show like seven or eight years ago with that guy who was down in South Carolina. I don't even know what that Did, is. Do you remember like Richard somebody or other down in Greenboro, South Carolina? And like you just... You just know that that guy now has just fallen off of the the map because he makes racist Facebook posts. I've never seen any. Oh, this well, is just I conjecture, but yeah. it's my guess. <laughs> yeah, he'd it's never my be my guess. choice then if he's making yeah. racist. Okay, but and because you know I like to get under the covers on shit. Um, I read an article about the real scoop on those flipping shows. So CheatSheet.com spilled the tea in a recent article titled "Are You Ready?" All the ways flip or flop and other home flipping shows are totally fake. Well, they are. Yeah. But, you know, honestly, it's not that juicy. Um, some of them aren't terribly surprising. Like, the homeowners don't get to keep the furniture, or the houses are purchased before the show. I think we knew a lot of that. But the one that surprised me a little bit, um, apparently the buyers don't always remain in their dream home. What do you mean? Well, apparently the buyers are cashing in on the show's popularity by renting um, their houses on Airbnb and VRBO. <laughs> so I'm going to start looking for them because I actually use Airbnb quite a bit. But the next fun fact is that they don't focus solely on your house, which also isn't particularly surprising. I mean, they have simultaneous projects in a market. So if they were here, they'd have like, you know, three houses um, in this area. And um, the problem is that they use one set of contractors, though. Mm. And so if they get behind, they'll pretend the work is done to wrap an episode and then at some point return to finish. If you're lucky. Yeah, <laughs> if you're lucky. No, I've, I think I've, I've seen that on, um, I remember seeing that on Tiny House Hunters, that these couples were looking at a tiny house that I'd seen on three other shows and I knew for a fact that another set of people had purchased. Like, you're not going to buy this house because somebody else already bought it. I mean, like, I know it. I, I know this. Yeah, some of those <laughs> houses aren't for sale. Like, you know, Love It or Listed specifically, um, a lot of those houses, when they're trying to list or, you know, whatever, love, whatever, list, um, the ones that now it's David and Hillary, I guess, um, the ones that David shows, there's more people, but um, those aren't always for sale. No, um, the, the love, well, because love, with Love It or Listed, you've already made your choice as a homeowner before the show starts filming, mm -hmm. whether you are going to love it or list it. Like you're either committing to the renovation or you've already purchased another house. Oh. So the whole home search part is, that's, that's BS for TV. Well, and they also, we talked about this in a previous episode, they always shoot two endings. Yeah. So they choose, they, they, they make a game time decision, the editors do as to whether it's going to be a love it or listed. So probably the people that are filming it don't even know until they watch the final right. cut. They have no idea. Now, how long did it take? How long did you think it was going to take to finish your house? We actually did think it would probably take four years. I mean, you know, some of it was we were living in it while we were renovating. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, it's one thing if you're going to move out of a property and then the contractors can go nuts and they can turn systems off and on. But we were living in it and for a, about half the renovation, we still had tenants. So we had to we had to do a very phased renovation and so we anticipated that it would take about four years okay oh that's good so you're pretty close we were we were about we were about three months off oh, in terms of our deadline that so isn't bad i mean it isn't over over late the court or early three months late so in in terms of 
there were things along the way that we thought would be done sooner or, you know, took longer than we thought. But in the scope of the whole project, we went in thinking this is going to take about four years and it took about four years and three months. Were there any tremendous surprises? Like on all of these renovation shows always is like, oh, your foundation is fucked. Um, we were really lucky. So we're only the fourth owner of the building. The previous owner, my former landlord, had it for 40 years and took impeccable care, again, of the infrastructure of the building. So the foundation was in good shape. The tuck pointing had been kept up. The roof was in good shape. The windows were, like, all the important things were actually really good. So we didn't have surprises like that. We did have... um, uh, an unfortunate surprise with the city. So, <laughs> oh, no. you know, it's an old building. It was built in 1907, and, and, you know, we call it the Chateau. It looks like a little castle. And um, because it was done when it was done, we still had our, our water pipe that goes from the city water line f- to our house was original, and it was still lead, and it was small. It was a one-inch pipe. And code now says it's got to not be lead. <laughs> Yeah. And it's got to be a two-inch pipe for that size of building. So we knew we were going to have to replace the water line to the house, which is a huge pain in the butt. because It's it, very expensive, it's too. It's very expensive, and you've got to dig a trench from your house all the way through the front yard and then dig up the concrete in the sidewalk because the main goes underneath the sidewalk on the public area. Um, and then you have to put that all back. And before you do that, the city comes out and they mark on your lawn where the water line is so that they can dig next to it. Except when the city came, they were um, about 18 inches off on when they marked. (laughs) And so when they came to dig, instead of digging 18 inches next to where the pipe was, they dug and hit the pipe. And then my castle had a moat. I mean, was the water like shooting up 20 feet in the air or was it just gush? No, it was filling the trench that they had dug all the way from the house to the street and then gushing out into the uh, into the sidewalk in the street in front of the house. See, that just reminds me of something that um, Fletch and I watch Chicago Fire. We watch a lot of, no, we don't watch a lot of the Dick Wolf stuff. We just watch the one because I don't have enough time to watch all the Dick wolf shows uh-huh. but you know there's like there's the chicago fire there's chicago med i think that there was chicago justice for a short while fletch is like they really need to come up with like chicago streets and sand like <laughs> i would watch that drama so w- w- would it have so been streets sad. and sand that would have done that to your uh no i think it's the i think it's the uh, i think it's the department of utilities which i covers would also gas, watch that show covers gas and water and i will say it was a it was a major mess up, but they sent someone out right away, and they set up this pump situation to pump the extra water out of the moat so that they could see to clamp off uh. the pipe, and then we were able to replace our water pipe. So we only had a moat for about four hours. What that tells me is that is not the first time that's happened, oh, that no. they were able to remedy it so quickly. Yeah, no, they they this probably happens they regularly. Yeah, I mean seriously, the Chicago, it's the city that. Well, it's supposed to be the city that works, but it's the city that screws a whole lot of shit up mm. when it comes to stuff like that, too. <laughs> so anyway, so to cover off on this HGTV thing, um, the last thing that I thought was funny about the Slip or Flop, the Flip or Flop Shows um, thing, um, article, was that sometimes those neighborhoods are not the greatest that they yeah. have those um, houses in. And in a specific case, 
um, a home in North Waco, the owners um, apparently weren't welcomed by the neighbors and they were harassed and intimidated. Because they, they made it all fancy? Well, yeah, and they actually, um, okay, the neighbors blamed them for an increase in taxes. Wouldn't it have also increased their property values, though? That's what I would think, but... I don't know what goes okay. on in North Waco, Texas. I have no idea. But this was in 2017. And the report came after an alleged drunk driver crashed through the front of their home one morning. <laughs> so that's got to be fun. So that happened. That happened. Yeah. That well, I mean, do you think that it was a drunk driver who was out to get them or it was just a drunk driver? Uh, well, I, I, yeah. six of one, half dozen exactly. the other. Exactly. I mean, I don't know. It sounds kind of Somebody hits your house. Me. Something has gone seriously amiss. Right. Like, what the yeah. fuck? Like, you just... You're sitting, what, you're sleeping one morning and all yeah. of a sudden the car just drives randomly into your house? That yeah. sounds specific to me. I don't know. Yeah. What? Yeah, I don't think, well, someone could, I guess, drive into our our front stairs, but they're made out of limestone, so that's going to be so but much worse for you than the house. There's right. always a million cars parked up and down the boulevard, too. You would I mean, have so to they work they have really to, hard to get out of our house. You would have to be, have to be on purpose. And maybe driving one of those giant monster trucks. Oh, see, I was thinking like a smart car that could navigate. A smart Either way, car. it's what damage. Okay, a if a smart car, car hit my house, no, no one's getting out of that alive. Yeah. My house would be like, uh, hold my beer. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> smart car could maybe do a slight bit of damage to a tiny house. Let's just put it this way: yeah. my house, my house was built in 1907, and it had only dropped three quarters of an inch for settling. Like my house is built like a tank that is stone oh on God. steel. You can't, you can't budge that girl. I think they did things better back then. Well, yeah. Yeah, they did. They built everything better. Houses these days aren't for shit. They can put them up in five minutes. I mean, you see yeah. houses that, like, one day there was nothing. The next minute there's a house. Oh, I love those those extreme home makeover shows where they would tear the whole thing down and build it up in seven days. Oh, there's going to be some quality work. Oh, right. yeah. Because seven days. That was also fascinating to me, though, that show. Extreme home makeover. Any did extreme you watch makeover. Lisa, did you watch the stream home makeover? I, I watched some of them. I didn't. I, I didn't love them because I felt so manipulated by the oh, yeah. choice of the families. I mean, I, I appreciate doing nice things for people who deserve it. I'm all about that. But it, you know, and I never really liked Ty. I always found him very annoying. So I never really, I never really watched that one. Did yeah. you prefer Amy Wynn? I liked Amy. Yeah. Yeah. Amy went past her. She was cute. She was cute. She was I was cute. also, I was, I was a while you were out girl. Oh yeah. You know, I, what? Forgot, I forgot about, about that. Oh yeah. I miss while you were out. And, and it goes to sort of the do stuff fast because doing stuff fast and quality is really about man hours. It's right. about having the people. So I went on a couple shoots with while you were out when I was researching my book, uh, room for improvement. Oh, I completely forgot about I that. I spent a couple weeks with them on site and it is amazing how much that show people left for the day and these teams came in and the people that you saw on camera uh -huh. while they were lovely and they were fantastic there were also a whole crew of people behind the scenes building stuff mm -hmm. and 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 making things happen and they would they said, you know, of all the things I've ever seen on TV where you go, oh, the homeowner's coming back right now and the house is a disaster. And then 15 minutes later, supposedly the homeowner walks in. I actually saw that happen and I have never seen anything like it. This team descended on this house with the guy 15 minutes out and all of a sudden in 15 minutes, everything was put together the way it should be to get the reaction coming through the That's door. That's so stressful. I completely forgot about that. I think, oh, that was, yeah. I think that was the first book of yours I that like I read. That. That, yeah. was, that was 
that was our get together book because when Stacy and I met in 2006, my book had, my first book had come out in March. We met at printer's row in June, you, me, and, um, Melanie Benjamin, Benjamin. um, who, who used to write under a different name. And the stuff that she wrote back then was really funny, but now her career is just so huge. I mean, so, I mean, she, she made, she made a better choice, but the three of us were on this writing with humor panel and like, like we, we really like Melanie, but Stacy and I it was like cartoon birds carrying hearts back and forth between us. We're like, it was wait, the you dance scene from West Side Story. We just saw <laughs> each other across a panel, and everything went soft focus around the edges. And then we realized we lived less than a mile from each other. We're like, oh, we can walk to each other's houses all the time. Never once, never once walked, never once. No, never once, because I lived one mile from you on one side, then I lived one mile from you on the other oh, side. Right. Never walked, never walked, oh, never yeah. once. That would be a weird walk, though. Like, but it's just, you just have to Well, yeah, it, under like, the expressway would have been weird, yeah. but when I lived on oh, Kimball, lived no, on, that yeah, would have been Kimble, easy. It would have been, been totally easy. easy. Yeah. Oh, girl, it was a whole different. Anyway, okay. um, we should probably take a break. We should probably take another little quick break. And, um, you know, in our last call segment, Stacy's going to share some of her renovation wisdom with Got us. It. Welcome back to Stories We Tell in Bars with me, Jen Lancaster, my podcast partner, Gina B., and our special guest, author, Stacey Bayless. We're back and we're talking about home renovations, and we're going to let our resident expert, Stacey, give us some tips. I'm about to finish my basement, and I'm scared to death. If someone is planning a renovation project, where should they start? You talked about this a little bit in the first segment, but... Well, and, and, I'll, <clears> go <throat> ba- and I'll go back to that. So the, the, the two places to start, the first place to start is infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Um, if you haven't had a home inspection, or let's say you had a home inspection when you bought the house, but that was a long time ago, mm-hmm. get a home inspection and find out what your house needs. Is the foundation okay? Um, are you having heat loss anywhere? Have your window, you know, do a heat assessment. Is your roof hanging in there? But because what you want to do is you really want to spend the bulk of your money on infrastructure. Okay, can I, if I can interject, the really ironic thing is the first time we all came to Gina's house, Stacy looked around and said, my dad built this house. So you guys can have a real awkward conversation. <laughs> I know, right? Here. Well, but my dad built this house, what, 20 yeah. some years ago. And the fact well, not is... not quite 20, but yeah, close. But close. And so while you, while you always hope that... The house that you have is structurally sound. The last thing you want to do, for example, especially in a basement, is do a whole basement renovation and then get a big flood and find out that there were cracks in your foundation that could have been Mm. taken care of ahead of time. Have you ever had water in your basement, Gina? No, I don't. The only thing that I've had is by the back door. If that pipe is, um, there's a drainage pipe right near the back door down in the basement. We have a walkout basement. And if that is clogged, then water will seep in the doorway. Ah. But it's only seeping. It's yeah. not like I come down there. There's a foot of water. Right. You never it's had nothing. water once in your basement, did well, you? Well, we never had once in we never had water once in our basement. But here's a good example of like infrastructure takes precedent. So we never had water in our basement. It was always a dry basement. When we went to redo the basement and create it as actual living space and finish it, which is like what you're doing, mm-hmm. we, we knew we were going to have to pull up the floor. And so even though in 100 plus years we never had water in the basement, we put in a drain tile system and a sump pump because my oh, philosophy smart. is better safe than soggy. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to finish <laughs> this basement and then all of a sudden go, oh, well, it's been dry for 100 years until you get the 100-year flood and suddenly now your finished basement is re- – it's always – 
cheaper in the long run to do the work right mm -hmm. in the beginning and to protect yourself. So for you, I would have somebody come and look and make sure foundation work is good and, and check on your systems, you know, there's been a lot of improvements. We upgraded our electrical system because we had a hundred amp service. We upgraded it to 400 amp. Most houses are at 200, mm -hmm. but with everything that's going on in technology and smart homes and ever, all that kind of stuff, 400 amp is where you're going mm -hmm. and it will never get cheaper or more convenient to do projects like that later. Yeah, especially when the walls are open. This is what I'm saying. That is the best. I, I'm, I'm thinking of all that stuff right now um, just because the walls are wide open. We've replaced some of the plumbing already downstairs. Um, some of it was a little wonky, but um, I, I need to do like a seal test around the, you know, where the... You can always get creative with finishes. Mm -hmm. You can always get creative with paint and with furniture and DIY projects. The place that you want to spend the bulk of your money is in anything that is infrastructure or is systems. You're, you want to spend money on insulation and on windows and mm -hmm. on a solid foundation. Um, all of those kinds of things pay you back in the long run mm. because you make your house more efficient. You know that you can rely, you know, you can always come back later and say, oh, I'd like to swap this bathroom vanity right. out for a prettier vanity mm -hmm. if the plumbing is solid exactly what you don't want to have to do is come back and replace the plumbing that's so true that's when you're just replacing a vanity and you find you have that oh shit moment that, correct well so many i go to a lot of open houses just because i'm nosy right <laughs> you're um, a lucky because I'm, I'm totally a lucky loo. also i want to see what's on the market right now because i haven't moved in a while and so um, I want to see like what are the latest innovations and in fixtures and you know how are people staging these homes and you know I'm getting competitive and all that fun stuff and so so many times I've walked into basements and there's been like a sloped floor and I'm like I just walked down three inches like this should not be happening oh because it's sinking or the the floor is not level or something and this is allegedly a finished basement and some of the yeah. newer homes that are being done and I'm like this is a new house like this should not be you know, a sloped floor basement, or you walk across, you can tell there's been water damage. People put laminate flooring over stuff. And so you'll walk and there's like a creek and you're like, oh, wait a minute. Like there's, I can feel something's going on under there that shouldn't be happening. So it's, yeah, that's a, that's a very good point. Yeah. Now I will give you the other tip, which a lot of people think that I'm crazy when I say this, but um, one of the things that we did in our place was we went very low tech. Mm -hmm. We have some technology, some technology, you know, we did, we put security cameras outside and that kind of thing, but we don't have a smart home. You can't operate systems and lights and things from in our house with your cell phone. And we did <laughs> we that. We just had a moment if right before we started <laughs> taping where Gina was yelling at Alexa and two Alexas yelled back. Yes. <laughs> uh, but we did that, you know, a lot of people were really surprised because you're doing a home renovation these days and everybody thinks, oh, the latest and greatest. But to Jen's point from earlier, the way they did it back in the day really lasted. And the one thing that happens with technology is technology moves so fast. By the time you install the latest and greatest and probably most expensive thing, it's already obsolete. There are already teams of people that are working on what the next thing is. Mm -hmm. And so you will spend your life, if you do those kind of smart home mm -hmm. systems and that kind of thing, you'll spend your life either 
chasing technology or trying to do manual upgrades or software changes. You'll never stay on top of it. No, and it's true. See, I'm very hesitant about anything smart in my house because we <laughs> you've heard home. me complain about this so many times. <laughs> the goddamn Nest thermostats, which the are nest. the bane of my existence. I, I mean, I finally so bought, um, um, well, I had fledged by a little thermometer and it's it's a hygrometer, uh-huh. which also measures the, um, the amount of water in humidity, the, the humidity. Yeah. So, and now Amazon is like, oh, well, I guess you have a grow house. So you're going to want this. You're going to want that to, to grow your marijuana indoors. We don't, but, um, why ever not? I'm, <laughs> you know, I don't water any of the plants I have in the house now. I, if I don't have a hose, it's not, I, I don't, I, I'm good about outside. Jen would have like plastic marijuana. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Total low maintenance. That's the Italian like, in me. Like the, the silk and plastic <laughs> marijuana that plant fake? that requires right. no The Hobby Lobby marijuana. Can't smoke it, but that's okay. But okay, too. my point okay. with this goddamn nest thing and the 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 t- thermometer is, I kept telling Fletch, is like whatever it says the temperature is in here, it is not because before we got this, I was just walking around the house with a meat thermometer, I'm like. Like, see, it says it's 64 degrees, and Fletch is like, it's a meat thermometer. It doesn't know. I'm like, oh, it knows. So we got this thermometer thing, and um, at any point in time, one room can be 57 degrees, and the room across the hall is 82 degrees. Have, um, you, have you had your uh, your vents and things checked? We have, ha- yeah, we have had some stuff done, um, because we had some guys look at stuff a few years ago. It all has to do with, um, I guess our house doesn't function well with doors shut, but we always have to have certain doors shut because of, because all of dogs. Animals. You have a lot of doors to be shut. Yeah, but they also, like, to Fletch's office, they put the pipes up there, but they never finished connecting them. So there were, like, halfway done pipes in a lot of places. So- again, to my point, have a house inspection. Right, yeah. Because <laughs> that's the kind of, again, and that's the kind of thing where the amount of money you are probably spending both on uh, your utility bills yeah. and also on coming back to try to fix that situation is far more than would have been spent to just do it right the first time. Yes. Fair point. But- and to your point about smart homes, I like um, I I love gadgets. I'm totally a technology girl, but so much stuff is wireless right now that I won't be putting anything in my walls that's a smart home. Because I, to your point, there's mm. no point to do it, to do that because right. the, the everything's going to change. The smartest thing you can do is just is make sure you have enough electrical yeah. amperage going to your house. Absolutely. And then really, just like I said before, really think about how you function in your home. Um, what is important to you? How do you live your life? I'm forever saying things to people like, if what you do is you really like to snuggle up with your family and watch TV all the time, why have you created this small quote unquote den as the TV room with a giant formal living room that nobody ever goes into if that's Except not how you live? Shit. Or is you, that just me? Right. If you don't, if you don't if you're not a if you're not a serious cook, there are really good quality appliances that you can get that are not very expensive that will last a decent amount of time. Don't waste your money on the Viking. quote unquote you know on the sexy high end appliances if what you do is you make craft macaroni and cheese three days a week. Yeah, right. Well, you know what? Okay, now tell me what you think about this. There yeah. are people who they buy that kind of shit only because they feel like the home will have great resale value. I really believe in fixing my home up to live in it. Right. I don't really, you know, maybe I'll sell the house and or I'll keep and rent it, but whatever. But I, I would like to live in my house. If you, if you believe, you know, resale is important and the value of your home is important. 
if you believe that you are going to be in your house for a limited period of time, let's say you're single, but you're out there and you're dating, you think that you might find somebody and then you're the single, two... but hopeful, <laughs> right? <laughs> if, you, if, if you're, if you're hoping that you're going to find a partner in the next short amount of time and the two of you might need something bigger, if you bought it as an investment property, but you know that you'll need more space. If you have kids that are very small right now, but your house is not going to be big enough for them when they're teenagers. And so, you know, you're within, let's say, five or six years mm -hmm. of selling your house. Yes, making changes that are aware of resale value are pretty smart. If you're gonna be more than six years out, because in the mind of the consumer, anything six years old or older is old, it's dated, mm. it's out of fashion, they're gonna wanna change it anyway. So if you're gonna be there for six years or longer, do what is is good for you and your family and you will always have an ability to come back before you sell it, stage it properly, repaint, do the little touches that your realtor will tell you will help get a household. If you think you're only gonna be in your house for like five years or less, then make some thoughtful decisions about resale value. And I'm almost everybody knows somebody or has a friend who knows somebody who's a realtor offer to pay them a hundred or 150 bucks for an hour of their time to come over and look at the house and say, this is sort of what we're thinking. Do you, but we want to sell within the next five years. Do you see any red flags? Mm -hmm. You know, we have an unusual situation in our house because we have four floors of living space and we actually put the major kitchen where we cook every day on the second floor. It's not on the same floor as the formal dining room. And that's a very unusual and not very resale friendly decision. But my philosophy is I'm going to be in this building till I'm a tiny old 90 some year old woman. And then it's not my problem what it resales for. Right. But we function in the kitchen and the formal dining room gets used six times a year. The eat-in kitchen gets used every single day and I use it for my work. And so we made a very conscious decision to put that kitchen in a place that no realtor would have recommended it. Right. Mm -hmm. But we did that because of how we live. Mm -hmm. And so those kinds of trade-offs are important, but I would never have done that if I thought, oh, you know, in five years, we're gonna sell this place. No, it makes now, sense. Now I have a question with, with, with all of your family in the business, I'm sure this is a conversation you guys have had over dinner. Like what, what do your mom and sister say when they walk into a condo or a house and they're like, oh, Jesus Christ, I, what trend are they over? Um, you know, I don't know that they're necessarily over any kind of trend because they work with properties that are brand new construction mm. and they work with properties that are 40 years old and have never been touched. I think for them, the one thing that is probably the most frustrating is when people have deferred basic maintenance. Uh. When, you know, no realtor really cares that much what, again, what your finishes are, right? If yeah. if you've got the flocked wallpaper, you've got the flocked wallpaper, but are there water stains on the ceiling where clearly you've had some leak issues that you've never addressed? Um, do Can you not run your microwave and your refrigerator at the same time without blowing a fuse? The deferred maintenance is a problem because what happens is that's what all gets picked up in the inspection. Mm. And then you have a buyer that either backs out or comes back and says, now we want you to make all of these financial concessions. And that's stressful for you as a seller. Right. And it's stressful for your realtor because they want to, you know, they want everybody to be happy. So I think, again, it goes back to that whole infrastructure. Like if you're in a house, take care of the house. Like we, when we bought our house, I mean, like when we, 
we work with two different realtors. We work with a realtor in the city who was just going to like help us find a place in Lake Forest who was our friend. And we, we quickly discovered she didn't know the Lake Forest market. She didn't know the ins and outs. She didn't know who was negotiable. She didn't know what had been sitting on, um, had been sitting on the MLS for a year. So we, um, we started to work with a realtor that we had met up in Lake Forest, who's been there for 30 years. She knows where all the bodies are buried. And, um, I gave her this. I just remember the email that I sent. It was six pages of very specific things. Oh yeah, no, not me. But like <laughs> the I mean, and there were three hundred houses on the market. And she she you know we went up there and she's like, I have three houses to show you. And I'm like, really? You have three like all of this and you have three? No, they were three houses. They were perfect. And the house that we ended up with had a lot of um, a lot of wallpaper issues, a lot of cosmetic things. But you know, just the look on Stacy's face right now. <laughs> Um, it had a lot of cosmetic things, but it was owned by a retired Navy admiral. They'd been out of the house for a year, but they still had weekly maintenance on everything. They had the rose guy. They had the pool guy. They had the grass guy. Everything was impeccable. We moved into this house. They gave us a binder of this is how you live in this house. This is everything we've ever done. So we didn't have, we didn't have issues. And apparently that is rare. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. That is great. All right, Stacey, do you have any other tips for us in terms of how to plan for a well, reno? Well, you know, I, I think the only other thing which we got very lucky on is uh, really do your homework on your contractor. Um, you don't trust necessarily that the person that comes in with the lowest bid is going to be able to stick to that bid, first of all, or is going to be therefore doing the quality of work that you're paying attention to. Um, I work from home, so I was physically there during most of this construction, and so I'm seeing what's happening. Um, but we worked with contractors that we knew we could trust 100%. And then you want total transparency with your contractors. You need to set up your billing, your invoicing, all of that in a way that makes you comfortable with how things are happening. Mm -hmm. Some people don't want to know any of the details. They want one bill that has one number and they go, that seems fair, and they pay the check. Some people want to track every single expenditure. Make sure you and your contractor have had that conversation about how it's being managed. Um, Make sure that you're very clear about what the budget will and won't do and be really, really clear about communication. Mm -hmm. What you don't want to get into, and this is a situation that we fell into in no small part because we're close to our contractors and a lot of things happen sort of in the moment off the cuff. Um, but we had a couple things where because I was home, they would ask a question. I would look at the, the whatever it was in progress and have an idea God help me and say, oh, well, what happens if we do this? Is that possible? And they say, yes, it's possible. And then they're off to the races making that possible without mentioning to me that that might be a thousand or $1,500 or $2,000 upgrade. And without me being smart enough as a homeowner uh, in a renovation to say, what's the difference between doing it this way and what's already in the budget? You just want to make those decisions thoughtfully. We had we eventually, after a couple of those expensive mistakes, where the monthly invoice comes in, you're like, "Hey, wait, <laughs> wait a minute," and then you realize, "Oh, our communication wasn't good." And so then we got to a place where we went, "Here's the deal: if either one of us says, is this something possible over here?" Mm -hmm. Know that what we're also saying is, "What's the difference between what's budgeted for?" 
and what what the change order will be so that we're all on the same page and no one has any unpleasant surprises. Yeah, scope creep is real with it, these renos. You know, there's no question build in a very healthy budget for contingencies, for unexpected stuff that you find in the walls, um, for the fact that if your renovation takes longer than a few weeks, it's possible that materials costs may change and Ugh. what you, th you know, the tile may get more expensive, the grout may get more expensive. Your timing of when your subcontractors are busy or not can often, you know, if it's the slow season and they're not busy, they might take a job for less money. If you're trying to get a bathroom done in the height of tiling season, you might pay more per hour for a good tile worker. I look worker. forward to tiling season every year. All that, <laughs> all those things are real. It's pilot season, but it's tiling. And I will say, don't, you know, if you've got a budget set aside where you go, this is sort of the construction budget, and then this is the finishes, fixtures, furniture budget, if you can, wait until you are pretty far along in your process spending your construction budget mm -hmm. before you start pre-spending your furniture budget because you might find out that something comes up that is either infrastructure or whatever that needs something that you might wish you had gone, oh, maybe we shouldn't have bought the $10,000 sectional because we mm. could have bought a $5,000 sectional and spent $5,000 on this plumbing issue we didn't know we had in a, a working exactly. toilet. Those, ki yeah. those kinds of things are are sometimes <laughs> hard, hard, hard learned. So now where can people take a look at your stuff? How can people connect with you? How can they find out more about you? The easiest way to find me is to go to my website, which is stacybalis.com, S-T-A-C-E-Y-B-A-L-L-I-S.com. Through there, you can link to my blog, you can link to my Pinterest, you can link to my Twitter and my Insta and all that kind of fun stuff um, and find me all over the social media. But you'll, if you go through the website to get to the blog, the blog has the most home renovation mm -hmm. pictures. Um, and we actually just had the house fully photographed professionally. So the kind of final wrap up tour of the finished product is going to be posted, we hope, sometime in March. We'll make sure we post that on our, on yeah. our, on our Facebook page, which brings us to our nice little segue of how to find us. Oh, um, yep. Stories we tell in bars on Facebook. We're also doing our fitness challenge. Yes, that's, is, that, is, uh, that is still going on. That is still going on. We think we're going to keep it. Yeah. And make it a quarterly thing. Yeah, everyone's so nice. Everybody's Everyone just really awesome. supportive of each other. It is terrific. Okay, um, what else? Stories we tell in bars at gmail.com yep. is our email. email. And uh, that's about, well, catch up with you. Oh, yeah, you can catch up with me at jenlancaster.com. And catch I'm, up with you at I am IamGinaB.com. Gina Spot is my Insta. Um, we also have stories we tell in bars Insta. Which we need to put some stuff on. Which we do. We're not really <laughs> the best posters. I do post on Gina Spot more often than Naturals by Gina B. But anyway, it's been lovely having you. Thank Thanks you for, for joining me, guys. us. Now, you don't have to go home. But you've got to get the hell out of here. I was going to say, even if your house isn't nice. But <laughs> now we fixed it for you. Okay, thank you. Bye. Yeah. <laughs>